Welcome back to the Crypto Coffee channel, everybody. In this video, I'm going to talk about all anybody really cares about, right? What is going on with Pulse Chain and how rich are you going to get? So stick around till the end of the video because I'm going to give you my price predictions as a little sneak peek at the end and take all this with a grain of salt. Nothing here is financial advice. I don't have a crystal ball and neither do you. I'm going to be using facts and data to explain what can actually happen during and shortly after the sacrifice with HEX, EHEX, and PLS token what you might be able to do as alternatives to just buying and selling. That's not all crypto is about, right? How can you hold in a productive way? And we're going to make some historical comparisons because although past performance does not indicate future performance, history does tend to repeat itself, if not rhyme. So let's get right into it, okay? How can you maximize your potential in the upcoming Pulse Chain launch? First, let's talk about what your options are, all right? There's only a handful of things you can do with a combination of eHex, hex on the Ethereum blockchain, regular hex, which is what we're calling hex on the Pulse Chain blockchain after the fork, and finally PLS token, which is the native token to Pulse Chain. Now remember, ETH is to Ethereum as PLS is to Pulse Chain. So let's get into it. Obviously, one of the things you're going to be able to do is buy and sell PLS, eHex, or hex. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You can always buy, you can always sell. It's an open market, it's a free world out there free financial system that we're helping to create, but I'm not going to be really doing any of this personally. I like to hold things for a long-term time horizon, and I don't plan on selling anything until at least minimum of a year. And obviously, I don't really ever plan to sell my full stack, right? Passive income requires that you never sell the golden goose. You never sell the assets that are producing you more income, okay? At least not fully. So you can buy and sell, yes, but there's also a handful of other things that you can do when the Pulse Chain Network does launch. What are they? You can provide liquidity. Providing liquidity simply means that you put up some of your coins on both sides of a liquidity pool in order to provide that liquidity to a decentralized automated market maker and allow other people to trade using your coins. Now, if you do this, you'll be entitled to a 0.3% fee that's typically paid from automated market makers to the liquidity providers. So every time somebody makes a trade, you get a tiny little cut of that transaction, which is divvied up to everybody in the pool that's providing that liquidity to enable these people that are buying and selling. Now, this seems like a little bit smarter option to me. Why not set yourself up to create some liquidity pools of your own so that you can benefit from these short-term bandwagon speculators, you know, these plebs that cannot see past a week or a month. And there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them probably watching this thing like a hawk trying to make a quick buck. I got to remind you guys, that's not the way to play crypto. That's not how the real gains are made. They're made from long-term believers and providing liquidity is one thing you can do to enable a healthier ecosystem. Now, personally, I think I might be providing liquidity on two pairs, right? The PLS hex pair and the hex e-hex pair. And these two pairs can function as different things. I believe that the more liquidity there is in the hex e-hex pair on launch will actually insulate e-hex from massive drops. Because as we know, the more liquidity there is in a pool, the harder it is to push the price around of those two assets, right? A drop in a bucket creates a bigger volume difference than a drop in an ocean, okay? So that's why we see pairs with way too high of liquidity, you know, not really moving around a lot. And we see pairs with low liquidity are much more sensitive to price swings. So that's one thing I want to personally try experimenting with is putting some liquidity in the Hex eHex pair and trying to insulate the price that way. Now, another liquidity pair that I am interested in providing is the PLS hex pair. Why? Because I'm bullish on both coins. I've talked about the concept of impermanent loss in a previous video. Go check out the Uniswap video a couple videos down if you want to learn more about that. But when you do put up liquidity, realize that you do expose yourself to impermanent loss. And that's why you'll notice that 
USDC is not on the list of coins that I'm interested in providing liquidity for. Why? Because I don't want to be left holding more USDC if the price of one of these or all of these tokens ends up running away from me. And then I'm left holding a bag that's actually worth far less value than the fees that I got from all the trading that was done. So again, the two pairs are PLS hex and hex ehex that I'm interested in providing liquidity for because in the future, there might also be a liquidity rewards token, which would be a tertiary token to incentivize more people to provide liquidity. And we've seen examples of how these liquidity providing rewards tokens actually tend to go up in value as well in order to basically ignite and kickstart adoption of newer coins coming up next is my favorite activity it's the most boring activity that nobody wants to hear holding just hold on to your coins guys let's not be greedy let's wait for the mad gains to come on a months and yearly time frame not days and weeks guys it's a months and years game in cryptocurrency so what can you hold obviously you can hold all these coins and quite frankly i'm probably going to be holding at least 95 percent of my stack if not more i mean most of my hacks i think 98 percent right now is actually locked up in a long-term staking ladder anywhere from you know six months from now to 15 years from now, okay? So when I talk about holding, I'm a serious holder. I'm not messing around. And with 98% of my current liquidity already locked in my ladder, I'm safe and secure when it comes to both HEX and EHEX, knowing that those coins are generating crazy high interest rates for me every day. And I'm gonna continue to hold these coins because I do not ever advertise or encourage emergency end staking. You're gonna lose your whole stack that way. It's just really one of the dumbest things you can do in HEX. Now, when it comes to PLS, I'm gonna to wanna to be holding a lot of that too because there's gonna be a lot of interesting new dApps, you know, liquidity to provide. And we know that the ship doesn't go to the moon in one day. The moon's a long way away. It's gonna take maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe five years. And I never really want to sell my PLS stack, and I'm sure you'll learn why as time goes on. And one thing you could do with your PLS token specifically is you can delegate it to a validator. What is a validator? A validator validates blocks in the proof of authority, proof of stake hybrid system, which is the Pulse chain. Now, delegating PLS might make you a little bit of money, but it's probably not going to bring home the bacon for the first couple of months. And why is this? Well, number one, the price of PLS token is going to be very low at first, very low. And we know that it's a non-inflationary token, which means the amount of PLS that exists at launch will be the only amount that will ever exist. And in fact, tokens are burned on transactions. So it will actually be a deflationary currency. 25% of transaction fees are going to get burned every time users trade. And the other 75% are going to go to the node validators. Now, now because we know that the fees of PLS token transactions are gonna be so low, Pair that with the low US dollar value of tokens. This is why I don't see delegating being a very lucrative activity, especially for small fish like us. We have reason to believe that there will be much larger whales than you and I who will be the node validators. So think of yourself like being a barnacle on a whale. If you're doing this, if you're delegating PLS to try to make a little bit of, to essentially stake your PLS and make a little bit of those transaction fees, I believe that the amount that you will actually get in US dollar value will be abysmal compared to the amount that the giant whale is making. But hey, if you want to be a barnacle, go be a barnacle. Finally, as always, you can stake your e-hex and your regular hex. Now, I am a big advocate. If you have dollar values over, you know, let's say $1,000, where the Ethereum gas fees aren't currently eating you alive, I think that staking is the way to go now because you're going to lock in a higher T-share rate both on the Ethereum chain and when that gets forked over to Pulse Chain, you're going to have a copy of that stake as well on the Pulse Chain. 
So if you have the means, and I know that gas fees really do suck and not everybody has the means to be setting up a staking ladder right now. But if you're working with dollar amounts more than $1,000, I would try to set up at least one or two stakes, if not your whole ladder, before the fork, right? But that said, if you're one of those people that's currently priced out of the Ethereum ecosystem because of the ridiculously high and unfair gas fees, you can wait till the actual launch of Pulse Chain and then set up your entire hex staking ladder for pennies on the dollar probably less than pennies okay we're talking fractions of pennies for fees so it's not all buying and selling as you can see there's a couple of other options that you can do to expose yourself to maximum opportunity when pulse chain does launch now what about the price of ehex ehex is going to be the original hex that is still on the ethereum blockchain that will remain there forever because it's immutable code well a lot of people are anticipating some kind of big dump and i want to dispel that myth again even like I, even though i did in a previous video i want to go through it one more time Instead of a significant dump, I rather think there might be a slow bleed out over a monthly period and not a drastic dip that some people are fudding about. And this dip also will not last forever, in my opinion. And that's due to things in the future like ETH 2.0, potentially one day getting their shit together, coming online and fixing the fee problem on Ethereum. But it's also due to the fact that 90% or more of Hex is either in the hands of the origin address or is staked by the staker class such as myself in long yearly ladders, okay, that are holding the price up because we're locked in for years. And if we withdraw, obviously we lose significant, if not all of our stake. So because of all this locked up eHex and because of all the OA coins and because of the amount of coins that are locked in liquidity pools on various platforms, this leaves a very, very small fraction. I'm estimating about 2% of the total supply, even less perhaps, maybe I'm being too generous. Uh, about 2% of the total supply is currently even liquid and able to sell, okay? So you might see some people selling when they if they don't truly understand the system. But, you know, for me, a smarter thing to do would just be to bridge that eHex over to the Pulse chain and then be a liquidity provider over there. You know, sometimes in crypto, acting fast and having a happy trigger finger is really not the best thing to do. You know, sitting around and waiting and having patience while you let the plebs wreck themselves is sometimes the smarter way. So again, so much of the eHacks is owned by the origin address or locked by long-term believers. We call ourselves hexagons. And the little bit that is liquid can bridge itself to Pulse Chain to provide liquidity. Of what is remaining, I don't believe there's enough whales or, or smart money to sell down the price significantly right away. So hopefully that makes sense for the dynamics of eHacks upon Pulse Chain launch. Now remember, the eHacks PHAX liquidity pair can also be used to stabilize the eHacks price because when, when pools are big and people want to sell eHacks for hex, let's say, you, if there's a large liquidity pool to absorb that sell pressure, it doesn't have as big of an impact on the overall end-all USD price of eHacks. Now, what about the price of hex? Hex, formerly known as PHAX, is going to be what we're calling hex on the pulse chain. And this nomenclature is being used to integrate with existing systems and existing ranking sites so that when they call something hex, they now have to accommodate for the new pulse chain. It can't be ignored, okay? The nomenclature here is very important and it was very intentional. Now, Hex is gonna technically start off at a price of zero because nobody will have traded for it on day one, hour one, second one, millisecond one. So it's gonna shoot up from zero as people try to buy some early. I am gonna continue to sit back and relax on this because I believe that during the first few transactions, we're gonna see Hex overshoot from zero and land somewhere you know, next to, I believe, the price of HEX pre-fork. So it may overshoot potentially, but it will settle within some range of the HEX price pre-fork. What this range might be, I'm calling it 
just to be conservative, anywhere from plus 50% to minus 50% of the original hex price. And I'm only saying that to be conservative. And it may even land a little bit higher. It may land a little bit lower as things stabilize. But I do think that it's going to take days, weeks, and maybe even months for things to really stabilize. So the one thing you can probably be certain about is volatility in all the prices of all these tokens. So huge volatility at first while people figure out the price. It's called price discovery and it's natural in any new system. But with Pulse Chain being the better system with better UX and zero gas fees, I believe this is going to lead to continued adoption of this coin in the long term because when we're onboarding new people, we don't want to onboard them into a system where it costs $20 to buy Hex, $50 to stake it, $100 to unstake it. It's just absurd. So I believe that new people coming in will prefer to come in on the Pulse Chain. And I believe people are going to go where they're treated best. People are going to go for a better product. And anyone that was priced out of Hex can now get in. So it enables the entire world to get in. It unlocks a pool of people that were previously priced out. And this, once you realize it, is the secret to realizing how Pulse Chain is really changing the game and what a large potential this means. And this opens up for Hex and PLS. Now, what about the price of PLS? Well, what can we expect? I'm pretty certain that there's a lot of FOMO buyers out there that missed the sacrifice phase. And again, it is over. So I do not recommend sacrificing right now. You might still be entitled to a few PLS tokens, but the rate you're going to get if you even try sacrificing now is likely going to be pretty terrible. So there's going to be a lot of FOMO buyers coming in because they missed the boat and they did miss the boat. So these FOMO buyers are going to probably buy the price of PLX up, at least initially within the first couple hours, days, potentially even weeks. And there's going to be thin liquidity at first. I want to mention this because we've actually heard rumors that the origin address might not actually be providing liquidity on day one. So it might be up to the community to provide that liquidity. And so if that's the case, we might be able to expect low liquidity environments on day one, maybe even week one, month one. So plebs won't even have much to gain by selling, right? Let's say you're a short-term thinker and you want to dump your pulse on the open market as soon as you can. Well, with the thin liquidity and the people that really believe being the ones providing liquidity, you're just selling right into their hands and they're collecting more PLS while giving you terrible prices because, again, the slippage is going to go against you so much that you're going to be left with, you know, not as much as you might think if you're going to try to game the system. And again, I do have reason to believe that the OA, whoever that may be, will not be a liquidity provider. Now, what's going to lead to the massive in increase in the price of hacks in the mid to long term, maybe even short term, is the network effects of legitimate new projects that I know are being built on Pulse Chain right now. Okay, I can't talk about a lot of these things yet because they're still in the works, but I have met with at least three or four groups that are building hardcore legitimate new projects to bring new adoption into the Pulse Chain ecosystem. And these are things like NFT platforms, stable coins, etc. Some complicated stuff that is really just generic right now. But it's going to create what's called speculative stickiness. And with new games for people to play, new investments in a new environment for people to get onto, PLS is the gateway drug to get in there. Just like it requires Ethereum to send transactions on the ETH network, it's going to require PLS to send transactions on the Pulse Chain network. So what do you think happens when there's a coin that, that everybody has to buy in order to participate in this new world? Well, when people buy things, price goes up. And finally, on the topic of speculative stickiness, there's a lot of, let's call them side games, which encourage holding, such as, again, delegating to a validator, like we talked about, liquidity provider rewards, which we also talked about, 
and a lot of these new dApps, which I just mentioned. Again, dApps stands for decentralized applications. So there's going to be new coins, new projects, and new things to invest in, which are all going to keep coins in the ecosystem and not being sold on the open market. So with all this other stuff to do besides sell your pulse, that's going to take away a lot of the sell pressure as well. Now, let's talk about the only thing anyone really cares about, guys. Price, price, price. I hear it all day long. It's kind of annoying. So I'm going to give you guys a bone here and try to answer some of your questions on how rich am I going to get, blah, blah, blah. Let's do some quick maps. All right. This is, uh, I want to credit Gerardo on this. He did look up this information. And so I'm quoting him on these first two bullet points here. Obviously, we know the best deal on day one of the sacrifice phase was that for $1, you got a 2.5x multiplier. So you've got, hypothetically speaking, 25,000 PLS tokens, which if you take the inverse of that comes to a price of $0.00004 per PLS token. Now, the worst deal on day 17, I believe, was $1 equals 5,847 PLS token. And inverse of that would make a price of $0.00171 per PLS. Now, the total amount of USD sacrifice, which we can also verify on pulselead.com, or sorry, pulselead.xyz, is appro approximately 700 million. We've seen that fluctuate, but we're going to round for the sake of the examples. I'm a big fan of rounding, big fan of zeros and regular numbers. So we know that the OA sacrificed approximately 90% of the total. And if we want to do that, some quick math on there, we could call that $6,300,000 worth, which would make a total of $7 million sacrificed in the phase. So with that, let's call the average USD price of PLS 0.00012 because not everybody got in at the same rate, but how I estimated this was simply two thirds above the range from the lowest point, the lowest point being 0.00004, highest point being 0.00171. Let's uh, take the range and go up two thirds from the bottom. That puts us at 0.00012 for the sake of the example. Okay, it's an example. An estimation is the best we can do here. So bear with me. 0.00012 might be the average USD price that let's say everybody got into. That would put the total PLS supply at 10,000 times, you know, 7 million, which would be 70 trillion. So the total amount of tokens, again, this is only going to go down in time because it's actually a deflationary currency, unlike Bitcoin or Hex. And that is what we can estimate the total supply being. Now, when we talk about the actual hard price, you know, US dollars is what we care about at the end of the day. Let's not beat around the bush, but the best comparison I've got for you is comparing to the Ethereum price. And we can see what the Ethereum price did in its first, you know, after launch, after it hit the open market in its first couple months. And then we could see what it did shortly after in the next couple of months. And so I've taken some bars on this chart right here from the Bitstamp chart. It's one of the oldest charts in existence and it captures the price of Ethereum on day one. So I'm using data from day one Ethereum, all right? Now let's call the average Ethereum presale price 30 cents. It was also a variable price just like Pulse Chain was, but for the sake of the example, we need one number, right? We need to work with one number here. So let's call the average ETH presale price 30 cents. ETH reached a high of $3.38 on day one, which is an 11X from that presale price on day one, right? Now we did have a lot of short-term people, which is indicated by this big red candle here that we're trying to take profits on day one. And they tried to take their 11X profit, but Chances are they didn't get that great rate. They probably got somewhere in the middle at a much lower rate. This is why short-term games aren't good, people. And ETH dropped 87% in the 77 days following the pre-sale, okay? So even with that 87% drop, the all-time low of Ethereum after launch was still 25% over the pre-sale price. So it bottomed out at about 40 cents, okay? 40 cents is 25% higher than 30 cents. So the OGs, the real 
Presale people in Ethereum were still pretty happy about that. Then it continued to rise 3,319% in the following 133 days, an astronomical gain that made a lot of people a lot of money, okay? Now, if you're looking at this down thing right here and you're scared, try to flip that mentality on your head and look at this as opportunity because there will be short-term bandwagon speculators that try to dump the price down. I've gone over some reasons that it might not dump as much as Ethereum did, but this could be an opportunity for dip buying, okay? When Pulse Chain launches, don't have your finger on the trigger, day one, second one, minute one. But in the first couple of days, you can wait to see how things shake out. And if you see the price of PLS getting anywhere near the pre-sale price, or the average pre-sale price, let's say, it might potentially be a good buying opportunity to load your bags and maybe be on board with some of those OG Pulse guys. Now, if we take all this data right here and we compare this to what's happening in PLS, an 11x from the average PLS pre-sale price of 0 0.00012, is about 0 0.00132 on day one, right? That would be pretty nice, right? An 11X on day one would make all the OG investors very happy. And if Pulse made the same all-time lows in the same number of days, that would put PLS at 0 0.00172 on day 77. Now, that's just over two months, and that's still higher than the pre-sale price, right? So during this 77-day dip, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's gonna be that exactly, it never is, but if history does rhyme, that dip can be a great buying opportunity. And finally, that would put PLS at 0 0.0057 cents on day 210, a mere seven months after launch. And if we go on a yearly scale, you can see that the, uh, the returns on here end up being, if we go to today's date, over 10,000x. I mean, let's take a look at that. And Ethereum's been out for three to four years now. So if you've been holding since the bottom's there, you are up 926,000%. It's been as high as 100,000. 1 million percent, right? 1 million percent is 10,000 X in case you were wondering. So when you're seeing little blips like this on the graph, you really need to imagine a multi-year time frame because this coin is built to be the future of cryptocurrency. All right. So this is my price prediction for PLS token. And I just went over a couple of things that you can do, a couple of options that you have to expose yourself to the most opportunity, whether you were in the pulse chain sacrifice phase, whether you missed it, and whether or not you already have hex or not, whether it's staked or not, take this information and allocate your funds accordingly. I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice, but you're welcome.